doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking, it's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is uncomfortable. Welcome back to the show, my friends. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. Most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That's the main way you can help in getting the show out in front of more people. I'd just like to take a moment to say thanks to everyone who stopped by the booth during the Ohio Bigfoot Conference over the weekend of the 6th. It was a great time, as was expected. Uh, Got to rub elbows with a lot of you, and it was truly a pleasure. I've got a couple of shout-outs here that I'd like to get out. Uh, First, I'm still nursing on some Hoosier apple brandy that was generously sent to me by Mr. Alan Bishop down at Spirits of French Lick Distillery down in southern Indiana. A nice glass of that is how I've been winding down my evenings as of late. But I have to say, to start my day, I've had the pleasure of sitting down to my morning cup of coffee, courtesy of Mr. Troy Bursch of the Into the Abyss podcast. Into the Abyss is a scripted horror podcast that Troy has been working on. I've listened to a couple of his episodes, and if you're into horror, I encourage you to head over and check it out. It's very well done, and it's very apparent that he puts a lot of time into his production. That being said, the side gig for this guy, he sells coffee, and he was nice enough to send me a bag of his espresso blend. Quite honestly, it's a great way to start the day. If you haven't yet picked up the Discord server link, make sure to do that in the show notes. Hard dates on the release of Patreon and Bigfoot and Brews will be announced this month, so keep your ears open for that. And I guess if you're ready, let's get into the topic of sleep 
paralysis. This gentleman reached out to me uh, a short time after having appeared on AI, uh, Appalachian Intelligence. Um, he had been on there, and then a little bit of time went by, and, and I was actually on their show. And uh, I remember listening to his episode. I was quite drawn into the uh, the content that they were talking about. It's always been something that interested me to uh, to a strange degree. I, I, I'm not sure where my head lies in the subject of this, um, but I'm not going to give it away, so I am going to ask you to welcome tonight's guest, Mr. Joel. I'm not sure if you want your last name used or not. That's fine. Joel Farr, he, uh, he's a chef by trade, a culinary master, <laughs> um, but he's dealt with a, uh, to a large degree, he's dealt with sleep paralysis a number of times. Joel, how this this is such a you know I'm 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 very I'm a very forward thinking science based mind so I'm I'm really accepting of a lot of different um, viewpoints and a lot of different explanations to things, but a lot of my thoughts are rooted in science and what can be proved. You know they say they can prove that um, sleep paralysis is something that occurs in the body when the uh, the body is in a state of muscle atonia. And uh, basically it's a, a natural and normal occurrence that during certain stages of sleep, the muscles atonia, the brain signals the muscles to relax and become temporarily paralyzed. And that is a, a natural way of keeping the body from um, inflicting harm on itself uh, during the acting out of dreams and, you know, potentially harming themselves or their sleeping companion or, you know, their pet or <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but at times for whatever reason, uh, there, there seems to be a switch that doesn't get flip flopped when it should. And in many of those cases, um, the, the paralyzation that occurs, um, can happen either just prior to falling asleep, like right before you go into that REM state, or um, it doesn't make the switch once you're coming out of the REM state and, and your mind becomes awake, but your body is still asleep. You know, and to me, when you look at that, that that's a very, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, it, it, it it explains to me why this would happen. Um, but many aspects of sleep paralysis are things that have been attributed to, um, especially in the, in the way back early years of people, you know, experiencing demonic uh, oppression or possession. And then very similar things are reported by people who have had alien abductions and, and things like that. So, where where do you where do you fall in all this? What what are your what are your experience and and what happened 
What are your beliefs on it? What are your thoughts? Um, at first, I didn't know what to make of it because, you know, the first ones I had were really before Internet was out or popular or, you know, had a lot of things about, you know, supernatural or sleep paralysis or whatever. I, I'd always heard them called the night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, every, a little – a little bit of everything makes sense, kind of. You know, it's 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 kind of like trying to to disprove something, and you know, you you're like, you know, some of it makes sense, some of it doesn't. It all kind of you know falls together. But um, I've always said that I wonder if people who claim that they have been, you know, had alien visitation or anything like that, was because of sleep paralysis, because Sometimes it's it's extremely vivid, extremely vivid, very real. You know, you wake up and you you have to sit there and think for a minute. Did what just happened really happen? Um, but which I'm is interesting, really, which yeah. is interesting. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that you say that point of it, because a lot of what I've read about it, it does seem to happen in conjunction with lucid dreaming and lucid dreaming are, are dreams that are extremely, extremely vibrant, very realistic. And in many times the person having those vivid, those lucid dreams are aware that they are actually dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of mine, I've been fully aware the, the, the three main ones, which we'll get into. Um, I was very aware that I was in some sort of state dream state. Um, and even, even the lucid dreams that I have had, that were not scary, I guess you could say, when you come out of them, you're still scared. You're petrified, just, I guess, because of how lucid it was. Um, and it's, you know, for probably a good five minutes, you just, you just lay in bed, and you are just absolutely terrified to do anything. You know everything's okay. You're in your room, you know, the three in the morning, you know, you can hear somebody snoring down the hall. You know everything's fine. You know there's nothing in there, but you're still so scared. And it's, it's, that's, that's the part that just really intrigues me is how it was able to make the mind that petri- that, that, that terrified when there's nothing terrifying going on at that moment. Well, um, there are some people that have, have reported even uh, experiencing the sound of, of footsteps in their, in their bedroom. Um, the, the oppressive feeling of someone in their room uh, actually like standing over them. Um, it, it, it's a, it's a super strange, uh, aspect to the, to this phenomenon that I, I want, I don't understand why it all has to relate back to, um, fight or flight that, that massive amount of fear that, that dread that, uh, why is that the thing that always seems to accompany this? Yeah, it's it's it. Some some switch in your brain gets flipped, and it doesn't matter what kind of dream you had. You're petrified. I I I can't remember her name right now. Uh, Vicky Joy. I I reached out to her. I heard her on a some someone's show. I can't remember. I think it was Kill the Mockingbirds, and so I immediately reached out to her about it. And I told her my story, and she was intrigued because she'd never heard anyone explain it the way I have, go through it the way I have. Um, um, but you know, she's heard 
she's probably heard just about everyone's <laughs> story on uh on sleep paralysis and uh it is it, it's fascinating it's scary I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone um i haven't had one in in four or five years now um but i i, I remember my first one i remember my last one and i remember three in between that all are connected and uh it, it, before you get into them and I, we want to hear all of them oh yeah have Ooh. you have you made an attempt to kind of dissect um each of those events have you have you looked into them have you thought about the catalyst uh, what what may have prompted it what were you going through it in your life at the time where you under a lot of stress um you know this isn't i'm, I'm not trying to nose into your your yeah, personal yeah. uh personal issues um but you know there's there's some pretty pretty lengthy um articles about people who use psychoactive drugs these becoming more prevalent with people who experiment with you know mind-altering substances um both on, on both ends of the thing, the, you know, things that are, are kind of speed up your system and then uh, things like alcohol and antidepressants that basically slow down your system. Um, they, 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 nothing, nobody seems to be um, exempt from it, I guess is, is what I'm getting at. Um, right. So, you know, if you don't mind, let's get into what, Let's, you know, might as well start with your first one. And, and what did we set the stage for us here? Um, going back to what you said, um, yeah, and very possibly my last one, when I tell it, I, I, could, I could dissect that down to probably exactly why it happened um, or what it was about. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've thought about that recently, you know, sort of dissecting why, why did I have this dream? Why did I have it then? You know, um, the three in the middle, I, I couldn't tell you. They, they were the ones that I'll, I will refer to as, as fun that I had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, my first one, um, I was, I was 21 or 22. I think I was 21. Um, I knew I could buy alcohol at the time. Um, and I worked for a, uh, an auto, automotive, um, auto body parts delivery service. And I drove a route, um, from Atlanta, Georgia down to, uh, Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, back up to Atlanta, just a box truck. Did it once a month, um, did local deliveries in between. I'd done it many times and I drove down there, stayed in a hotel in Mobile. Um, and, uh, I remember I went across the street, got a six pack of beer, came back, turned the TV on, cracked open a beer, took a sip, laid down, and and I just I just went out, just pow, gone. And I woke up just seconds later. I mean, it was it was bizarre, but and I was laying on my stomach, and my head was turned. I could see the TV. I could see what was going on, and I could feel something sitting on me, and I could feel the breathing on my neck. And I could see the hand next to me scraping on the bed. And it was like a, like a skeletal hand with all the flesh kind of rotted off. And Jesus. And uh, yeah, it was, it was scary. Cause I had no idea what was going on. Um, 
and I was paralyzed, couldn't, couldn't scream, couldn't, couldn't do anything. And like I mentioned on, on the AI, um, at some point in my life, I, I, I heard people talk about, um, you know, selling their soul to the devil or, or demonic things like that. And, and they always talk about, um, it feels like, you know, while they're in the process of doing something like that, they feel the a weight of something like sitting on their chest. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that came to my mind when that started happening. And I just started screaming as loud as I could. Tried to move, tried to move. I was screaming, get off me. No, no, no. And I finally came out of it. And, uh, and I sat up in bed. I don't know for how long I was petrified for a while. Not, not, I was petrified from just the normal, you know, fear that you have coming out of it and the fear of never having something like that happen before. Um, and, at some point, I believe I asked somebody about it, and they were, I think they're, oh, yeah, you have sleep paralysis. I was like, oh, what's that? And they're like, I don't know. I get it. And it's, um, but uh, that was my first one, and uh, it was quick. It was short. Um, I've had some that were shorter that felt like they were an hour long. Um, the main, the brain is an amazing thing. <laughs> um, but why that happened I don't know. Was I tired? I was exhausted. Um, it was in Mobile, Alabama, which is a, I think a kind of a highly paranormal city. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was probably one of the scariest ones. So, okay. So you're visually, your brain was telling you that there was, there was some other, entity there you you mm-hmm. saw the hands you saw the uh, the decomposing flesh on the on the bones and <clears throat> i could feel the breath and you could feel the breath at this point you were unable to move but your mind was were you in a state where you believed that you were awake or do you believe yes. that you do believe that you were awake? Yeah, because I could see the t- I could see the TV. I could see uh, there was there was news on. I remember there was news on, and they were going over a basketball game. I, I remember seeing the players run up and down the court, and they were talking about who won, who lost. Um, so I haven't dug in afterwards, and you know this several years ago, obviously. Um, what do you think the, what do you think the, why did your brain decide to show you those images? I have no idea. There was, I don't, I don't think there was anything really bad going on. My, my mother was sick. Um, and my father was taking care of her. She was, I don't know if she was quite gone by then, but she was pretty close. She couldn't drive. She she couldn't do a lot of things for herself. Um, maybe, I mean, it was, you know, it's not a good thing to watch your mother in that, in that, sure. in that case, but, but, but we had seen this coming for a while. It wasn't, you know, like we woke up one day and mom was sick and we, you know, everybody knew it was how it was going and it was going to get worse. Um, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I, I wasn't in any type of 
bad relationship. I probably wasn't even in a relationship then. Um, in, I, I really, in your in your in your gut in your in your core of your beliefs. Do you think that what you saw was a hallucination? Was it produced by your mind? Or or is there a part of you that thinks what you saw was a legitimate manifestation of something oppressing its will on you? I want to, I mean, I in my gut, I want to say that it was my brain showing me that. Um, because I just... I'm a bit of a realist and I feel like if it was something else, I would have, there would have been other clues. I would have, you know, when I, when I, when I was able to move, I, I would have seen it move. I would have, you know, I, I don't know. Just yeah. Something and, and, else. And don't get me wrong in no way, shape or form. Am I, am I fear mongering or trying to um, make something that make something out of nothing? Uh, you know, I'm not trying to change your, your belief into thinking that it was something right, supernatural. Right, right. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious, you know, because I've had it, I've had it happen twice. The first time was very, very benign. The second time it was, it was a, it was of a length that was noticeable and it got uncomfortable. Um, and that, that happened just about, just about a year ago or within the past year. Um, I woke up and, and there's some, some in, interesting things that go along with this because this was a topic of discussion, uh, during one of our discord lives on a Friday night, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I I woke up and I could not open my mouth yet I was screaming and I'm fairly certain that's what woke me up I basically woke up to the sound of myself going mm! could not open my mouth and I don't know about the rest of my body because I wasn't paying attention to my legs or my torso or anything like that. The one thing that I can tell you is that I had my left arm was stretched out across the bed and I was, when I, when I woke, I was on my back with my head tilted way back, um, way back toward, you know, like almost looking back towards the, the headboard and I don't typically sleep on my back. I sleep on my side or I sleep three quarters rolled over to my, to my stomach. So the position that I found myself when I woke was, was odd. I mean, nobody knows what you do during the middle of the night in your sleep, but typically that's not how I sleep. Um, and I could not move my arm for the life of me, man. I could not, I could not move my arm and I could not open my mouth. And I was completely aware of it, you know, and I, right. and it hit me in that moment. I was like, holy shit, this is sleep paralysis. I don't freaking like this at all. Um, you know, and it was a, it was a very short duration. Um, you know, at most, at most 35, 45 seconds, but it was, it was ungodly uncomfortable. And it was, it was, I don't want to say that it like put me into fight or flight, but it was genuinely uncomfortable. It was, it was a creepy, 
it was a creepy sensation. Now, I don't, I don't recall having any kind of um, doom and gloom, any kind of um, oppressive thoughts. I didn't feel like anything was, I didn't notice that I felt like anything was sitting on me. Um, I could not open my mouth. <laughs> you know, I mean, my, my jaw, my jaw was open as I was trying to scream, but my lips, my lips were sealed and they were, they were not open at all. Huh. Well, I, I, I know on times where I've, where I've been in paralysis and I felt like I needed to scream. It was hard to scream first few times, you know, and, and eventually I think cause I'm just focusing on screaming or saying something, I, I finally get it out. Um, and you mentioned on your back, I mean, there was a, there was a time and it was the time where I had my three craziest ones, I guess. Um, but, uh, I could, I could almost go into sleep paralysis on demand. If I laid on my back and I was tired, I could feel it. Come on. Now here, um, here is, here is something that this is something that I wanted to get into. And I was hoping you were going to have something that related to it. Um, because the, the deeper that I dug into, um, some of the causes or some of the, um, the alleged, the thought to be causes of of sleep paralysis, um, is a lack of oxygen. And, you know, now I'm, I'm a pretty good sized guy. Um, I'm carrying more weight than I need to. Um, several people in my family throughout uh, the length of time that I've kind of paid attention to it, I know have had issues with sleep apnea and have had to get the uh, the Darth Vader sounding masks, yep. you know, when they sleep to, to force oxygen. Um, but a lack of oxygen has been one of the things that has been brought up as far as causing that trigger, that flip-flop, that switch, to not go off correctly during your sleep in your REM, your REM sleep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not, it's not looked at as a direct cause, but it is looked at as a, a side, um, a side issue that is associated with somebody being able to fall into that sleep paralysis. And I can can see that, you know, sleeping on my back, like I said, is not a normal thing for me. Um, When I was married, I know that when I slept on my back, um, I'd get punched by my ex-wife and told to roll over, you know, because I was, (laughs) I was doing the, the death gurgle uh, as far as my breathing. Um, So, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that had something to do with it, but yeah, I can totally see that. And I mean, you know, that's, it's like people who uh, have near death experiences. I mean, they, you know, they die, the oxygen gets cut off to their brain. They, the brain takes over from there and, or what, whatever happens. Um, so yeah, I can, I could totally see that. And I would always, I could always feel it coming on, where I would get tingling, um, in my head and it would kind of go down from my head through my, it kind of reminded me of when you go, when you have surgery and they, and they put the IV in you and they start putting in the fluids that, that, that puts you out, you can kind of feel them going through your body right before you go out. 
that's kind of what it felt like. And then, you know, if I, if I didn't, if I didn't move myself or didn't do anything like that, I would go right into it. Can um, I ask, I'll ask this after you tell your, your other account, because that, that might, that might tell the tale. Um, but I'll make sure that I circle back to that because sometimes I, I wonder, um, in this aspect of, you know, I'm talking about sleep paralysis, but also in, in the, in the, the a person's belief system, whether you're devoutly religious, whether you are, um, you know, obsessed with watching horror movies or whether you, um, a number of different things. Does your belief system play a part in what happens when, when you are observing the, the dread, the, um, you know, just like you were talking about your mom was sick during the time uh, when you had your first one, you know, are, are these things that are, you know, being manifested in our brain because of our religious beliefs versus, you know, are, are we angry at God because he let this happen to our mom? And, you know, are we having visions of, you know, what we're afraid that loved one's going to go through? Um, you know, are, are we imagining that, uh, you know, the, the grim reaper is coming to take its claim on all of us? You know, uh, is it something related to your mother's illness? Is it, you know, I, I wonder if our personal belief systems have anything to do with what goes on in our mind when this kicks in. Right. I, I don't, as far as I go, um, I couldn't really make a connection there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not a good Christian. I am a Christian. I'm by no means a good Christian, but I don't think God wants me to be a good Christian. I think he has other plans for me. Um, but, um, but I could see where it would, people would could use their belief system to analyze them or, you know, some, something on that, that side. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's another good thing right there to think about is, you know, is it would be interesting to talk to someone who is deeply religious, who suffers sleep paralysis and kind of get their take on it mm-hmm. and find someone who is a hundred percent non-believer, get their take on it and kind of see, see where things fall. Um, that would be interesting. You know, like, so over the course of the lifetime that you've had of having sleep paralysis uh, a number of times, um, I assume that you have, like you said, you reached out to the one woman that was on Kill the Mockingbirds. Um, have you reached out to or, or contacted anybody else who possibly goes through this, or have you have you come up with any um, good resources as far as the explanation behind um what, why this is happening, you know, is there something yeah. specific to you 
the way you handle things, the way you you deal with things. Uh, is there are, are there any things that you've you've kind of attributed? Okay, this is why I'm going through this. I can't change it, but at least I understand why. Not really. Um, I I had more of an interest in it. I just I found it interesting that I had. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't concerned. Um, I reached out to Vicki after I heard her just because she, I could tell she had a lot of knowledge on it. And I just wanted to kind of get her take on what my sleep paralysis was and what she thought of it. And what I got from her was, you know, <laughs> I've never heard anyone <laughs> go through what you've gone through. Um, mainly the, the three that are all connected, but, um, um, but no, they, they haven't really concerned me to a point where I, I felt I really needed to go any further than just kind of tell people what I've gone through and, you know, just start the conversation about it. Um, I don't, I can't really, other than my last one, I really can't, you know, connect anything. Um, you know, what was going on in my life or, or anyone close to me or anything like that. Um. I just couldn't, you know, put two and two together there. So the, th- the three that kind of fell in the middle, um, you alluded to that they were, I think you used the word fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet you just said they were all kind of interconnected. Can you, yeah. can you get they into were, that? Yeah. Um, now, and I think you said something about it at the beginning that, you know, a lot of sleep paralysis, you, you, you feel it coming on and you go into it. These three were, were extremely vivid dreams, and I didn't realize they were sleep paralysis until I was coming out of them. And that's when they, they went from, you know, fun and interesting to scary. Because you just, even if whatever happened wasn't scary, you're scared anyway. It just, just, it's your, I, I don't know how you're, it's able to flip that switch in your mind to just have complete fear when there's no fear around, but it does. But, um, but yeah, um, all three of them, they, they started out in a house. Um, the house was not a necessarily familiar house. Um, there were some things familiar in a dream that were kind of familiar to where I was living at the time. Um, I was helping take care of my father. He was sick at the time um, with Parkinson's. Um, so I was, I was living in his house, taking care of him and somewhat taking care of my stepmother. Um, but, uh, and it was me and several other people. We were all lined up almost like, you know, military style in a, in a, in a, in a platoon or something, you know, we felt in a straight line and we were all being taught how to levitate and how to move while you're levitating. Um, and I couldn't tell you how we levitated, but we were able to get about foot, foot and a half off the ground. Um, moving was, you used your feet up and down, just to move forward, move back. It, it was fun. You, They told us once we were levitated that, you know, to, to, to move around the house, move around outside the house, practice, practice what you're doing. And we were told that to time travel, you have to know how to levitate. And this is your thing. You need to learn how to do this. You need to learn how to levitate. You need to learn how to move. And so 
the majority of the dream was moving around the house, practicing your your movements while you're levitated. And we were told, don't go on the top the top floor, the third floor, and do not go in the room um, where there are two gentlemen working. Um, and I, the first two, I went to the room. The last one, I went to the first floor. I guess because I couldn't listen to uh, rules. But um, the <laughs> the the room was these two guys and each one was at a, a small little, almost like a school desk with a computer on it. And they were looking for the way they explained it. They were looking for either video online newspaper, anything that would show something bizarre happening. Like for instance, like where, you know, there's stories of, where it rained and like a thousand fish fell out of the air Mm -hmm. or a thousand birds just died and fell out of the air, things like that, because that was something that they did to, to, um, triangulate by year and by place for time travel. Um, you can always go back in time, you can go forward, but you know, if they, if they had a newspaper article that I don't know, say a thousand fish fell out of the air and, wherever Minnesota, they could be like, okay, this happened on this day, blah, blah, blah. We remember doing that. Okay. So we can send someone to that time because we know now if they do something and it doesn't get any reporting, then they either, no one saw it or fell into the ocean or whatever. They weren't able to triangulate where that was time, place and time. Um, but every time you went in that room, those guys, the second they saw you, they, they motioned you over. They wanted to talk to you. They wanted to, to they were, they, I guess they were, they seemed like they were bored and they just needed company. And they would explain what they were doing and why they were doing it. And the, I'll say the entity, the, whoever it was that was talking to us about levitating, um, they always seemed really short. Maybe it's because we were a foot or so off the ground. I don't know. But they would always come in and look right at me. And the second they looked at me, I would start to wake up. Um, Okay, so let me ask you, is, first of all, I'm struck by, I'm struck by something very familiar about the two guys in the room. That, that to me is, I've, I've heard this before and it's, make no mistake it's not it's not that i listen to your your episode with ai um there's there's something very familiar about that to me and i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why that is um but so that that's a very strange uh very strange dream very very specific dream um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times people dream and there's a, a number of different things going on that don't seem to have any, uh, causation or effect on, on the other things that are going on. They all seem like a bunch of, uh, um, strangely, uh, chaotic thoughts that happen in people's dreams, but yours is very specific to the, uh, the learning and mastering of levitation, um, mm-hmm. and the topic of, going back in time um what what so this was actually you experienced sleep paralysis during these dreams as well correct 
Yeah, when I was coming out is when I would I would feel that I couldn't move. I was scared. I couldn't talk. I couldn't screw nothing. And that was the sleep paralysis part of it was, you know, coming out of it and just, just like I said, just being absolutely petrified and there's nothing to be scared about. Um, and I couldn't move. Um, I could feel the tingling in me kind of going away. Um, and that's how I, you know, I, I chalked it up to being sleep paralysis, but it wasn't going into one where you go into one and bizarre stuff starts happening, whether you see entities or mm-hmm. monsters or whatever it may be. Um, it was always coming out of it. Now you mentioned the word entity when you were talking about the person that was teaching you the mm-hmm. levitation. Um, is that, is that just a gut feeling that you had based on it or, yeah. or did they look different? I, I can, I can say this. I know in the dream that I looked at them. I know they look different. I know they look short. Now, like I said, I was levitating a foot and a half off the ground. Um, but I just, I don't think that they were human or, you know, they just seemed, I want to say like, you know, small, like the gray aliens, but not gray. Um, just seemed really short. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what they looked like. So, so what was the next, uh, the continuation of that? Um, the, the next dream was pretty much exactly the same. You know, they, you got to time travel, you got to levitate. Um, and you know, go, go through the house, practice your levitation, um, go outside, practice, you know, do what you got to do. And I would always go, I would go into that room and talk to the guys and I would get busted right back out of it. third dream. I went on the third floor and that kind of reminded me of uh, like a hayloft in a barn. Um, and it had a, uh, a door at one end. Um, and when that door was open, it, it, it was dark and you could see look like kind of like stars going by. Like when they, you watch star Wars and they go into to warp speed and you see all the lights, you know, go by real. That's, that's kind of what it looked like. And I, levitated over there and as soon as i got really close to it i got sucked out of it that was where you went through for time travel and but i just fell and that and it immediately turned into almost like a falling dream where you're falling and you know and and then i came out of that one same way sleep paralysis paralyzed couldn't move couldn't talk couldn't scream and i never had another one of those after that instance Very strange. So, yeah, maybe if I would have paid attention, I could try and travel now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Obeyed the rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just for... <laughs> um, and my feet would be so sore afterwards from the practicing moving around. That's why I called it fun, because it was kind of fun, because... You know, before I went to the that room or before I went on the third floor, I I, I went out and practiced my my levitation, and uh, it was it was it was fun. It was interesting. So you're saying that, like during the course of your dreaming, you were actually still probably moving your feet in the direction that you were yeah. being taught how to, to how to master the. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
That's funny. They were sore. As as you were as you were saying that, I uh, I, I opened uh, an AI. Um, uh, program and I inputted is levitation associated with the potential for time travel that was that was my query and uh, the AI returned this answer levitation the ability to float or fly in the air without any physical support is not currently associated with the potential for time travel in any scientific recognized way Huh. That that's a, seems like a very strange way to end that that sentence. Right. I was kind of <clears> waiting <throat> on something else too. Another game. <laughs> <laughs> that that's strange. Yeah, I, I didn't realize they were looking into it scientifically. But hmm. that's that's bizarre. Well, I mean, and and. and they told us the, the reason I say they, that the, the entity, there, there wasn't in, other than the people learning, there wasn't anyone else uh, demonstrating or telling us how to do it. But, but the reason being is, is if for some reason you time travel and, and you're somewhere where you don't need to be on the ground, say over a, over a forest fire or over water or something mm-hmm. like that, you need to be able to stay above it. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So where are you at now with this? As far as uh what what's your belief system when it comes to comes to this? I want to say that I'm pretty much on the side of just overactive brain. You know, you're really tired and your brain isn't tired, maybe. Now, the last one I had kind of disproves a little bit of that, maybe. I don't know. Um, the last one, I, I went, I hadn't had a sleep paralysis for a while, probably more than a year. And I was, dad had passed away. I was in the middle of selling the family property, which used to be part bigger part of a larger piece of property, which got sold off through the years by my grandfather. <clears throat> and I was the last one in the family to have the property. I was the executor of the will and I could either buy out my brother and sister or just sell it all. I was, I held on to it. I've been surrounded by neighborhoods. I didn't want it. Um, so I was the last one and I got a lot of, I don't know, hatred from some of the family, sort of a, you know, who are you to be the one to be the last one to sell this? You know, who, who are you to be the one to be in charge of all this? And it was, you know, aunts and uncles and things like that. And I, you know, it pissed me off, but it didn't get me down too much. Um, with, with anything, you know, I would never put being executor of an estate on anyone. That is, is hard. Um, just, just went through that myself. I mean, my brother doesn't talk to me anymore because I wouldn't give him his money fast enough. Um, you know, just just stuff like that. It's, it just gets in the way of everything. Um, and uh, but I was I was still at the house. I was getting ready to move out. I just bought me a house, and I was laying in the bed on my back, 
my arm was stretched out. There was a lady beside my bed, kneeled down. Um, she had a hold of my hand and she was rubbing it. She was telling me everything is going to be okay. And I was screaming, who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? And I finally woke myself up and I realized that it was my mother. It passed away 19 years before that. Um, oh, wow. But it, it was, it was, it was a younger version of her, but it was her. Cause I'd, I'd seen plenty of pictures of her when she was young. Um, when she was in her yeah. prime. Yes. And that was, uh, that was bizarre. That hit me kind of hard that, you know, to just during the dream, I died. I was, I didn't know who it was just, you know, who the hell are you? Why are you in my room? And then I come out of it and it's like, bam, that was mom. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. I've, I've talked to several people. Um, I've talked to a, and, a number of people who and you've have, been through something similar. Yeah, yeah. Who have been visited in, in dreams by a, by a loved one who was deceased. Um, I mean, without getting a pad of paper out and jotting them down, I would have to say the vast majority of them being a parental figure. Um, <clears throat> but many times they appear in, in what uh, right off the bat, you don't recognize them because they are not in the most current of, they don't, they don't current, they don't look like what you remember them when they passed. It is, mm -hmm. it is more, most likely a, a younger version um, of them when they were in their, when they were in their prime. And I mean, I know that's kind of jarring, but at the same time, um, what a, what an amazing gift yeah. for you to have gotten that. At a, at a time where you obviously needed to hear it as well because of the stuff you were going through. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it, 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 I, I remember waking up, I didn't, I didn't have to go to work that day. I, I, I woke up and it was nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. It was daylight outside. It was, I mean, it was, it was a nice day. And, and it just, I, I said, I sat in bed for probably an hour, just, just going over and over in my head, what just happened. And, you know, just crazy. Yes. But yeah, it was, it was, I went, I went and found as many old pictures as I could find of mom and just looked at them. And, you know, I couldn't pick out one picture that was her then, but I could pick out enough to, you know, that kind of, put her around the age of maybe 25 or so, you yeah. know, her hair was longer at the time and, and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. I mean, you know, if that's just our, our brain telling us that, or if it's actual visitation, you know, it's, it's either way, either way. Uh, I still, yeah. I still look at it as a gift. Yeah. Um, because you may be very well, right. You may be, spot on with that being our brain giving us what we need at that time, mm -hmm. whether we realize it or not, you know, um, well, 
Yeah. Any other kind of uh, anything you would consider to be, you know, out of the norm in your life? Uh, any kind of paranormal experiences? I have never had anything happen to me, and I am a believer. I mean, I I am dying to see a UFO, or or I. I, I sat on the beach at Cape San Blas, Florida one time, three days, you know, on and off, just sitting in my chair at night, fishing, looking up at the sky, going, something mm. happened. You know, and, and there's a military base right by there, so you see all kinds of crazy stuff up there, but it can all be explained. <laughs> um, but, but no, I've, I've, I've tried to get myself creeped out, and we, I used to have a little gig with my ex-wife where we go clean out these hoarder houses, and and you know, you know, oh, cool. Maybe I'll go into this one, and you know, something weird will happen. Nothing, nothing. Um, so I, <laughs> I mean, and then my aunt lived next door, and and several family members had died in that house, and I've been over there many times. Been over there by myself many times. Nothing. Yeah. Mom died in my house. Only that thing that happened then, or dad, and my dad's house. Only thing that happened was that last instance with the dream. Um, oh, that, know, was, that was in that house. That was in that house. She died in that house. <clears throat> Bedroom right below me. Um, and nothing. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, now, I did have one sleep paralysis that I, I like to mention just that just just because it's just kind of bizarre but interesting is when I was married and. Me and the wife were laying in bed. She was sitting up reading a book. I was watching TV. And outside the window, there was a, a streetlight along the street in the neighborhood. And it, it, was, it was far enough away it didn't really shine in the window or anything. But I remember looking at it. And when I looked at it, I went into sleep paralysis. And I felt like I was being sucked into it. And I just started screaming. It's just just moving, screaming, everything I can do to get out of it. So I'm like, oh, fuck this, you know. And I come out of it, and I look over at my, at my wife, and I'm like, did you hear that? She goes, no, I didn't. You were just laying there. And I look at the TV, and the same commercial was still on. And I felt like it was at least 20 minutes yeah. of struggle. And I thought that was interesting. You know, it's they, they say your dreams, you know, can feel like they're, extremely long only happened for a few seconds or something like that you know Uh, now i'm going to ask you this it never it never dawned on me at all during the the conversation but are are you could you be prone to narcolepsy could you i mean have you had periods in your life where, or instances in your life where you just like, boom, and you're out? You don't remember falling asleep. You don't remember laying down to fall asleep, but boom, you're you're asleep and then come out of it. No, no. I mean, so, I've, I've had times where I've been really tired and fell asleep really fast, yeah. but but no, I know someone who has it, and I know what you're talking about. I've never. I wonder if I wonder if narcolepsy. Um, if, if there's a, a component of that, that plays a part in 
these types of dreams. It could be. Because um, <laughs> I've, I, uh, this, I mean, this is a little off topic, but it's on topic of narcolepsy. Um, a few years ago, and <laughs> when I first when I first decided to do the show called Uncomfortable, um, I. <laughs> as as a as a middle-aged adult male who is uh found himself back into uh dating and and all that goes along with that um i really wanted to do an episode uh, but it certainly doesn't fit this show um but i really wanted to do an episode on the truly screwed up dates first dates that i've been on (laughs) The, the truly bizarre and, and the things that you, you have to put yourself through uh, in an attempt to find a, a somebody to spend time with again at this age and during this time. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I had met a woman on a dating site and we had agreed to meet on a Sunday afternoon, much like today. Um, so I suggested that we meet at a local brewery who had a amazing Sunday afternoon buffet and their buffet was literally everything that was on their menu served in a tapas style, um, small portions, but you could literally get everything that was on their menu for $15.99. So I pulled into the parking lot. I was about 10 minutes early. And at about 10 minutes after, I'm still sitting in the parking lot. And I sent her a message and said, I'm here. Are you here yet? And she said, nope, I'm running late. And you better get used to it. And I was, I was like, mm, not starting off good. <laughs> so, so I, 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 I contemplated leaving and I was like, eh, hell, I got nothing else going on. So I'll just stick it out. So she ends up getting there. She was a half hour late, which is rude. And then to call me out and tell me I better get used to it. You're making, <laughs> you're making some pretty good, pretty good assumptions there, sweetheart. Um, so we went in. Um, nice looking lady, uh, nothing physically unattractive about her. (laughs) Um, I was still put off by the fact that she was late and really didn't give two shits about it. Uh, we sat down and the, the waiter came up to the table and he handed us the menu and he asked us if we wanted anything to drink. We were at a brewery. They make their own beer. Um, I suggested let's just get a, a flight and if you like any of them, you can get one. If you, if not, you know, that's fine. So I ordered a flight and then she asked me, what do they have? That's good here. And I said, I'd been there several times before and I'd never had a bad meal. So I would suggest, since it was Sunday, get the buffet for fifteen ninety nine, 
and you can try everything and you can have more of what you do like and none of what you don't like. <laughs> and she continued to look at the menu and she was really struggling. She was, you know, like, oh, I don't know. What should I get? And I was like, again, why don't you get the buffet? Because you can try literally everything that they have here. And finally, the waiter comes back for the third time. And she's like, I guess I'll try the buffet. And I was like, yeah, make that two, please. <laughs> so we got up, we went and we got a couple of dishes, came back to the table and sat down and she immediately bowed her head. And I was like, oh, okay. She's, she's going to say a prayer at before she eats. Now I have no problem with that. Right. But in a situation that is out in public and to, to be as, um, obvious about it as she was, I thought it was a little dramatic kind of maybe almost looking for attention, but it's your thing. Do your thing, right? And after a minute, I was like, man, she's going all in. <laughs> she, she's got a lot to say. She's got a lot to a lot to say. Maybe this is a confession as well. Um, and the waiter comes back by the table and says, How's everything? And then he he notices her with her head down and he looks at me and I was like, I shook my head. I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And I said her name and she didn't react. And I said her name again and she didn't react. And the waiter was like, is she okay? And again, I shook my head. I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know. And he's like, should I call somebody? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, and you could tell he was confused because we were together. And I'm like, dude, this is a first date. I never met her before. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> he's like, he, he stopped and he kind of bent over and he was looking at her and he's like, well, her chest is moving. So she's breathing. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, what in the hell is going on? And finally, I just, after, you know, three, four minutes, maybe five minutes. I mean, it went on for a while. I mean, I, I was trying to be very respectful of the fact that she, I thought she was praying there for the longest time. Um, but then I just slammed my hand onto the table. And she popped up and she looked at me and she's like, what? And I said, What? I said, where the hell have you been? <laughs> I said, you've been sleeping or you've passed out or something. And she's like, no, I didn't. And I said, no, you actually, you really did. <laughs> I said, the waiter's been by here like three times. I said, the last time he, he wanted to, and here he comes, he's walking down like with the manager of the, of the brewery. And I stopped him like midway. I put my hand up and I was like, no, it's okay. And she's like, no, I didn't. 
And I was like, yeah, you most certainly did. And she was very adamant that she had not fallen asleep. And I said, <laughs> well, are you, were you aware of anything that was going on? And she's like, nothing's going on. And I'm like, oh man, you know, and then I start wondering to myself, it's like, you know, are you self-medicated? Are you, you know, are you, did you maybe take more of something than you should have? Um, I, I, <laughs> you know, but I think at the end of the day, I think it was a complete and total narcolepsy. But the, the fear I had was that she wasn't aware that she had it. Or she was just completely denying it because she was embarrassed by it. I don't know. Um, right. But, yeah. I, I did. But I've, I've always wanted to do an episode of, because that's only one of a, a heaping handful of really bizarre dates that I've had uh, since I re-entered being a, a single man. Um, again, not... <laughs> not, yeah. not not on topic with what I usually typically talk about on the show, so I'll stay away I, from I've it only on that. Dealt with narcolepsy once, and my best friend who's passed away now. Me, me, him, and his cousin went on a fishing trip down in Florida, and, and we're, we're sitting in the condo and we're watching a game, and they're we're all just drinking beer, and his cousin just all of a sudden they're just sitting there just chatting, and all of a sudden just gone. I'm just, I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell? And my friend's like, oh, he's got narcolepsy. Watch this. And he, my friend just kicks him. And he goes, you're spilling your beer. And he pops up. And he's like, oh, okay. Starts drinking. They start talking. Next thing, pow, gone again. <laughs> this happens five or six times. I, I get up and go do something else. I'm like, oh, my God. This is <laughs> that, that's my only experience with it. And uh, I mean, I, I really hope that it, I hope it's as simple as that. I hope it wasn't that she was you know, self-medicating or um, yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was truly bizarre. And, um, I'm fairly certain that the, uh, the wait staff there was uh, about to have a, a heart attack because I think they, I really think the guy thought that the woman had died in her chair, uh, until he noticed <laughs> that she was still breathing. <laughs> but Wow. Well, Joel, listen, um, I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, I thank you for, for listening to the show. It's good to have you as a part of the, the uncomfortable family. And uh, I appreciate you sharing your, your story with us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I had more. They just, after that last one with my mother, they ended. I never had another one after that. You know, and maybe there's a significance to that. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, and your first one started, you, you said she was already, uh, she was already sick when you mm -hmm. had your first one. And, uh, maybe it was, maybe that was the, the last part of the, the story that you needed was getting yeah. visited by her. And, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily asking you to get into it, but, you know, emotionally, maybe that that gave you some closure and uh, you're able to move on past that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I try to ch chalk that last one down as a, as a good thing. You mm -hmm. know, the, the first one and the ones in the middle, you know, they all had their, their little place in my head that 
I've always remembered them. I guess I always will. Yeah. And then that last one, um, you know, it was, it was a good thing. It's, you know, unfortunately, no matter what happens in sleep paralysis, you, they, they're scary. They're all scary. And it's just whatever, whatever happens in your brain, I don't know that, that, that light switch that gets flipped, that just turns you just straight fear. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that's uh, that's a natural thing if if you are able to realize that if you become cognizant of the fact that you cannot move and that you are you're basically laying there completely um, at the mercy of of anything that could it, the wildest things in your imagination you could do nothing about yeah because you have you have no control. So, you know, maybe that's just one of the components to it. Why we feel feel that fear. Cool. Well, um, yeah. I mean, that's you know, other than that, I have a. Well, I think I have a relatively boring life. I don't know. I just I just got done writing a small book about about my life as a chef. So if anybody wants to oh, look really? it up, they can. Well, yeah, I'd uh, definitely um, plug I'm, that. I'm in. I'm, I'm writing a bigger one. Um, but this one is, it's only, it's, it's a Kindle. It's only 42 pages. It's just some funny stories and some, you know, uh, my take on some certain things. And, uh, everyone who's read it thought it was pretty funny. You know, it was done quickly. There's some misspelling and everything else, but, uh, I had it done in six days. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm writing a bigger one. That's going to have a lot more info in it, a lot more hilarious situations. Um, but if you look up my name on Amazon, it'll come up. It's a, a 30 year culinary trip. And I believe that's what it's, I did it so quick. I can't remember the name of it, but it was something like a 30 year culinary trip in the industry and things you can learn from my mistakes. And, uh, I had some, you know, I tied a note to a balloon one time that was found in a, two States away and <laughs> saying I was being held hostage by the chef at the country club. And, how that was investigated by the, oh. <laughs> the GBI and <laughs> right after Columbine. Um, <laughs> did you get in trouble for that? I was on PTO when they found it. They didn't know who did it oh. until I got back. And <laughs> <laughs> Somebody started talking about it and I was like, Oh, they found the balloon. And they're like, it was you. <laughs> um, bunch of, bunch of crazy stories like that. But uh, yeah, look up my name, Joel Farr on Amazon and P H A R R. Correct. P-H-A-R-R. If you live in, in Georgia, like the road, far. Um, yeah, I think it's two ninety nine. Leave me a review. I appreciate it. Hmm? Right. There's there's a uh there's a British sitcom called Chess. I wanna say it came out in the early nine or late nineties, early two thousands. It's, it's really funny. Really especially if you're in the business, it's even because they take a lot of things over the top. 
Um, but uh, I want to say it was two seasons. But uh, that's that's worth catching. It's on. Uh, I think it's on BritBox. You uh, download that app. Um, but yeah, it's hilarious. Even if you're not in the business, it's still really really funny. Um, yeah, it's an interesting career for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, on my way of pl- making a plan to get out, uh, I've uh, I think I've done my time. Need to find something else to do. Joel, thank you so much. Again, his name is Joel Farr, P-H-A-R-R. Uh, his book is on Amazon. And uh, I appreciate being with me, man. I appreciate taking the time and telling us about your sleep paralysis and, and the thoughts behind it. Excellent. Thanks for having me. All right, sir. Yeah. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Hopefully you enjoyed hearing from Joel. Um, the topic is something that is still very odd to me. I know, I know a lot of people put, uh, some supernatural or paranormal occurrence to the event of having sleep paralysis. I'm just not sure. I'm not sold myself. Um, But give this guy some love if you're interested in his book. Head over to Amazon and take a look at that. Again, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. If you have a story or an experience that you would like to have aired on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to share the show in any way you can. That's what grows a podcast like this. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your coworkers. That's the main things you can do to help continue to grow this show and get it out in front of more people that will love what we're doing. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next week. And as always, stay uncomfortable, my friends. <laughs>